0: Oh, right. Quite exciting. I've got a, uh, this is my new tactic for doing a podcast. I have a little stress ball, which I'm going to squeeze as I talk to just kind of release any anxiety. And I also have a little cuddly Olaf next to me that I got free at a frozen thing. And uh, I feel like this Olaf has been a bit neglected. So he's just going to sit here with me positive vibes. You're listening to the Whenever It Kicks podcast with me, Jesse Gave. It's a Sunday. Oh, it does help actually squeezing it. It's a Sunday. Um, we're about to enter the last week of the summer holidays. We have made it thus far. Thus? I've never said thus before in my life. That was quite exciting. So I don't know how it's gone. Really don't know how it's gone. Maybe I should listen back to these podcasts and see. I am upstairs currently. My mom is downstairs with Ten, Becca, Donnie and Margot and Ten and Becca have just woken up from their naps and I had to secretly go upstairs. They wouldn't see me as they woke up from their naps so they wouldn't get upset. Um, I find a lot of my day is just lying to children. Does anyone else find that? <laughs> I find that the majority of the day is pretending something isn't happening or something is happening or having to sneak some products or sneak upstairs, um, take away toys secretly, um, like veg, put vegetables or nuts, like secretly in things like it's just quite, it's quite conniving being a mum, isn't it? So... But I I do feel like I've turned a corner corner because we do have a little routine going, which is nice. So Ten and Becca now have a long sleep in the middle of the day. And that hour and a half, oh, I think there's nothing better than that feeling. You've just got them down to sleep at an appropriate time. That's not going to mess up the evening, getting them down to sleep in the evening. And you know that you have an hour and a half to do something for you or for the other two children that are awake still, but um, so just now during that hour and a half, I had my smoothie. Got into a routine of having a, uh, like a chocolate milkshake smoothie thing that's delicious, and it's like the only time of the day that I cook for myself. It's not cooking, obviously, making a smoothie. It's literally putting powder into a NutriBullet with almond milk and then adding some seeds and some nut butter and whatever it's not not cooking but as you know if you listen to any other podcasts i've ever done i don't believe in cooking but that's not for this podcast today um so made myself a smoothie and i sat down and we watched a bit of uh we've finished watching kung fu panda and then we watched lemony snickets unfortunate events which is a series on um netflix they they've remade with Neil Patrick Harris Harris and Kobe Smolders now I think I love Kobe Smulders. And I I've loved her for a long time since How I Met Your Mother. But she just has she, she hasn't aged, has she? She looks the same as she did in series one. And she is just a lovely actress. Definitely very good actress. Very good action-y type stuff. Like she when she holds a sword or a knife, I'm like, you you really know how to hold a sword or a knife. You're not pretending there. And I like the chemistry between her, her and Neil Patrick Harris in this because obviously they have history because they were in her, your mother together. But isn't her name, oh, she was born to be on screen with that name, wasn't she? Kobe Smulders. does make me think, like, have we given them bad names if they want to be thespians? Should we have really gone for it? Or have we gone too far already and should they have a very plain name? Oh, it's really, basically, my mum's been saying, which has absolutely changed my life, brilliant. Um, but my mum is from a different generation, so she doesn't realise, I think, she's so... Basically, they watched some reels together and they found this little girl who's on um, Instagram who is very funny, but she's basically a stage kid. And Donnie and Margot have watched a few of these reels and think that she's hilarious. Obviously, she's hilarious because her mum is standing behind the camera and telling her what to say. And she's actually an actress, this kid. It's like a new form of stage kid now, the Instagram kid. It's quite scary. And I had a little wobble earlier thinking, oh no, have we have we let them watch too many things like this? Is this going to ruin them? And probably is, but we just don't know, do we, with the effects of the internet on this generation? I think the the generation just above Donnie and Margot, I don't know what that's called because it's not Gen Z, is it? There, It's going to be a lot of trouble for them because it's very unmonitored. Um, for instance, I'm jumping around all over the place today, sorry. We went to Edinburgh. So I'm just going to jump back. So I'm, I'm going to try and make a mental note. I'm going to squeeze the stress ball. going to remember that I'm talking about the internet and then I'm just going to jump back and talk about our summer holidays and I'll jump forward in a minute, hopefully. Let me just write that. Jump forward. Jump forward. Computer. Cool. Wow. The stress ball's really working. Um, you're right there, Olaf. You okay? Good. So we went to Edinburgh. We had a we had, we went to, well, so you know that I went to Edinburgh for one night just to see Alfie because I missed him, which is nice. Really, really nice. We ended up staying in the Malmaison. This is me and Alfie and the baby. We stayed in the Malmaison for one night. It was absolutely ridiculously expensive, but I thought I don't want to stay in his kind of dingy flat for one night. I want to at least have a night that's nice for me. And I'm going to be in the hotel room from eight o'clock onwards anyway, so I might as well have a nice time. And we haven't gone away on holiday this year Thought, okay, I'm going to splash that money on that one night in a hotel room. It meant a lot, that money, but I thought, I'm going to do it. The night ended up being an absolute re- just stupid because the fire alarm went off, which meant that we didn't have a good night's sleep. And I was furious. And I spent that week, that whole week, basically ringing the Malmaison, even going into the Malmaison in London and complaining. And I, I have good news complaining does work eventually. It works eventually. If you keep ringing, eventually someone's going to listen. Anyway, we've got that money back. So I thought, okay, I'm going to use that money because it was really awful treatment, by the way. I'm not just kind of complaining because the fire alarm went off. The bathroom was dirty. The service uh, was really bad. The, The hotel staff basically were making a mockery of everybody who was outside basically half naked in the morning hours for this fire alarm and being a bit too complacent about the fact that it was a big deal, the fire alarm went off. Someone had smoked. It was... They were just, it was just not, it was really rude and it was unpleasant. And for people who had spent that amount of money on a night, it was just a bit of an insult. Anyway, so I'm not complaining for no reason is what I'm trying to say. I'm not a diva. Well, not really a diva. So um, we used that money to spend on a hotel with Donnie and Margo because they had really wanted to go up and see Alfie. And I thought, oh, fuck it, let's just do it. Let's just go for two days. We won't take 10 because 10 is the uh, the hard Hard work right now, so we just I just took Donny and Margot and the baby Becca on the train. Got a Lumos train, which I didn't realise you can't take luggage on, so that was a bit tricky. But very nice, very nice. So we sat behind a a brother and his child um his um child brother, his young brother, his young brother, and they. It was just quite interesting sitting behind them for the entire train journey because I don't know, I just never seen anybody eat that much sugar in one sitting and and I think Donnie and Marco were just watching them like, can we do that too? And I was like, no, no. Turns out they were they they were actually a lot better than who got on next. Because four teenage girls got on. And yeah, they did eat they did eat some, you know, few Skittles here and there, but they didn't they didn't they they spent the entire time for like two two plus hours because they got on Newcastle so the entire time on their phones talking about their phones doing stuff on their phones uh, behaving like 20 something girls and they were 14 I know they were fourteen 14 because they were talking about their 15th party and they were saying for their 15th they want to go to Dubai on their own as a foursome and I suddenly wish that the two brothers were there kind of oh it was just a nightmare it was just in terms of influence for Donnie and Margot to to I I, I seemed just like, I wasn't, first of all, I was letting them play on their iPads and I felt guilty about that enough. But then when I saw that these kids were just on their phones the entire time, and I also wasn't letting them eat like that much crap. I was trying to like, not, I was, I was giving them, you know, date bars and then they're like, why can't we have what they're having? And it just basically taught me that you can't control other people's ways of parenting and other people's kids and you, you can't control how they're going to be influenced, your own kids. And so this entire train journey, I was trying to kind of hide them from every the world, hide them from what's actually going on in the world and what could happen. And, oh, I didn't, I'm not explaining myself very well, but it was very stressful. And I just couldn't believe that these girls were 14. And I couldn't believe that this seven-year-old boy was drinking a a giant can of monster energy drink. And I couldn't say to them, look, he shouldn't be drinking that, because obviously it's not my child. And that would, I would, you know, be wrong of me. And I can't say to these teenage girls, look, you're not going to Dubai on your own. You are not going to Dubai. And at one point they were being really loud. And I just got back to sleep. And it was really hard to, to, to calm him down on this train. So I finally got him to sleep and they started shrieking about something on Instagram. And I just went, I just couldn't help it. I was just like, sorry, there's a baby right here. Can you be quiet, please? And Margot looked mortified. And I suddenly realized, oh my God, I'm the uncool mum already. I'm the uncool mum. I don't want to be an uncool mum. Oh, it was really, it was really interesting. And then we got to Edinburgh. It was really lovely, apart from the uh like rubbish situation. So basically the um, rubbish men have gone on strike in Edinburgh, so no litter's getting collected. And I didn't actually notice at first and Donnie did because obviously children are more at that street level height, so they noticed. And I just can't believe that it's gone on that long and they haven't, like it hasn't been sold. And I just, it really was quite eye-opening. Like the whole world is quite fucked right now. And we stayed in a nice hotel and we had two nights of me basically going to bed at 8 p.m. Uh, whilst the kids had a great time with Alfie. And I I came away from it thinking, was this worth it for me? No, but it was worth it for Donnie and Margot. And that's the main thing, isn't it? Just got to accept that I'm not really the main focus right now. And that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I would obviously have loved to have gone out and had a nice time and, you know, do the Edinburgh schmoozing thing. But no, I was in the hotel watching Spider-Verse and watching Donnie and Margot jump up and down on the bed and be quite horrible to each other. So basically this this holiday, mini two-day holiday, did teach me some things about discipline and how I really got to step up. So in the last episode, I talked about how I find it really hard to discipline them. This week, I really tried to stick to, um, the consequences, the consequence thing, you know, like if they do something and you say, right, you won't get this if you, if you continue to behave like that, I actually stick to that. So show them that there are consequences to their behavior. Um, and it's been really hard. It's been really hard, but I've done it. I've actually done it. So I didn't let them, after we got back from Edinburgh, I didn't, cause they were really naughty. And I realized that they were kind of really learning from other children and I'm not against, I don't want to like mum shame because I've been mum shamed enough. Like I did a photo of them playing on their iPads on the train up to Edinburgh and I got a load of comments being like, couldn't you just play with them? Can you make them read? I'm like, yeah, I could, but I also got a newborn baby. So no, I can't play with them right now. And also I had, they'd had specifically looked forward to this time on the train so they could play the iPads because they're not going to play it in Edinburgh, but whatever. Fuck you. I don't know how to explain myself. But I I did kind of think, actually, I don't really like how they are when they're on the iPads. They're much shorter with each other. They seem to fight more. They're less engaged when they're not on the iPads because they're constantly waiting to go back on the iPads. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to try going cold turkey and not let them really watch TV and not let them go on the iPads, which they don't really do every day anyway. But I was like, okay, I'm going to try doing the traditional thing of just letting them be and get bored and really try and do what we did when we were kids, which was, you know, just lie on the sofa and complain, but also have to find a way of entertaining ourselves. And so the last few days have actually been a lot nicer because they've been more engaged. They've been playing with each other more. They seem like the seven and six year old that they are. They've been much more innocent. And I do suddenly think, oh no, have I made so many mistakes by letting them watch the Simpsons and... Oh, there's so many things I've done wrong, but I'm trying to rectify and I'm squeezing the stress ball right now because I am making improvements and I am trying my best. I did write my diary last night. I was awful today. I didn't listen to them. I didn't engage with them. I don't remember one nice thing. And I, the great thing about parenting is that every day is like a fresh start for you to, to do better and for your kids to to see you for who you are and to, for you to see them for who who they are and to try again. I do find that I feel like every day is kind of a, a new start, which is good. And I do think I've been a little bit better today. I hope. Having said that, I am up here on my own and I should be down there. But this is, again, this is for me and I've got to just stop being this fucking, you know, I don't know what I am. What am I? What am I, Olaf? What am I? I am too hard on myself, but I'm also not hard enough in certain ways. And that's what I've got to learn. Anyway, back to Edinburgh. On the train home, Alfie calls me. And it's quite unusual for him to call me, to be honest. My mother more of a WhatsApp chat kind of thing with us. Don't really call because apparently I'm awful on the phone. Actually, I, I know I'm awful on the phone. I am famously awful on the phone. Uh, so he calls me and he says, can you keep a secret? and i think he's going to say uh, something just i don't know why i immediately jumped to the worst case scenario and think he's going to tell me he's going to prison or something but he says he's been nominated for the main comedy award and honestly it's just mind blowing it's so brilliant and he he won't like me talking about this right now because it's embarrassing but i'm just so proud of him and I could cry just even talking about it, but just because it's been so long since he has, he's been doing comedy now for a long time. And just to get that little bit of validation from your peers and from, you know, the awards gods is just really nice. And I just feel so proud of him. Obviously I'm also very bitter and upset that we were on the train home as we got that information. Cause obviously I could have easily booked to go on Tuesday and Wednesday after the awards were announced, but I didn't think he was going to get, to be honest, I didn't think he would get nominated. I didn't think it was possible. He didn't think it was possible. There was no, we just didn't expect it. And I think that also shows that when you don't expect things and you don't, you don't just let things be, some things are a bit, do just sometimes fall into your lap. So I'm so proud of him and it's been great, but it does mean that I've been a bit of a, I read about it actually. I think I've got vulnerable narcissism I've got vulnerable narcissism. So vulnerable narcissism. There's different types of attachment uh, depending on your security, your your security and insecurity level. So I have vulnerable attachment. Oh, I'm going to get this all wrong. Maybe I should read up my phone. Let me get up my phone. Da, 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 da. Sorry, I'm just looking on my phone during the podcast. Oh that was a nice photo of me. When was that? Ages ago. Jesus, I've aged. Ugh, time. Time is such a bastard. Okay. Um, mm, When we don't have full information, we have to infer why people are behaving a certain way. The stories we tell ourselves can be linked to our attachment styles and they may not line up with the truth. So this spoke to me because when I'm not with Alfie, And he's, say, at a fun thing like the Edinburgh Festival after just getting nominated. My my imagination does run away with me. And I suddenly think, oh, he's not contacting me because he's, you know, doing this and speaking to this person, having a great time and falling in love with this person and blah, blah, blah. Some people might jump to conclusions because they're prone to what's called vulnerable narcissism, which is associated with anxious attachment. There we go. That's me. Vulnerable narcissists reveal the self-centeredness of pain. They prioritize their own needs and dismiss those of others because they assume, which is underlined, often incorrectly, that they're the ones being slighted. So because he didn't contact me for like, you know, however many hours, I assumed that he was purposely not contacting me because he was, you know, having too great a time and enjoying his freedom and not missing us and not thinking, oh we have anything to do with this. And I was thinking, well I, you know, obviously it's not my award, but it's it's definitely connected with us and it's a big breakthrough for him, which will affect us and be good for us. So I did, you know, I did I did kind of think this is a brilliant thing for us as well as mainly for him. But I do now appreciate that I did I did make it my kind of thing. Um I don't anymore. I've learned the error of my ways. I, I did make it about me, but I'm not just in case Alfie's listening to this, he won't listen to us because he said he listens to the whole thing when he edits it, but he doesn't. Um, They assume that they're the ones being slighted. So that's what I do. I build up these whole narratives when he's not replying to me on WhatsApp about what he's doing. Um, But it turns out he just didn't reply because his money's run out on his phone and he only has Wi-Fi. You can only text when he's on Wi-Fi and that can be a while before he's in Wi-Fi again. So it's been a bit of an anxious attachment week for me if you can't tell Anxiously attached people commonly misfire like this. Oh, hello. In one study, anxious subjects were quicker at recognising jumbled letters as representing words that conveyed rejection, such as abandoned or ridiculed. Hello. Ding, ding, ding. Even if these jumble words were preceded by a tone they'd been conditioned to associate with approval. Anxious people are so vigilant for dismissal that they register cues of it whilst ignoring... S- signals of their acceptance. That is my life. That is genuinely my life. I never ever assume that people mean the best or want to hang out with me. People with avoidant attachment too end up pushing others away for fear of rejection. Haha. Ha. Yep, that was me. I just didn't know why I made that sound. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Research finds that avoidantly and anxiously attached people are more likely to end friendships. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> because people romantic breakups can surface powerful emotions as well of, oh my phone's not done something tend to prefer to eject using indirect routes such as ghosting i have ghosted a few people i have ghosted a few people and it's quite awkward because they seem to live in the same postcode anyway that was interesting wasn't it so i'm an anxious i've got an anxious attachment style and I'm a vulnerable narcissist. It's quite a lot to take in. I can, it's quite a lot to take in. I've also just gone on way too long on this podcast and I'm meant to go downstairs. Um, the update on 10, the update on 10 and his uh, addiction to kitchen utensils, if you're interested. Um, we've managed to successfully hide the spatula and he seems to have forgotten the spatula exists. But we have moved on to biting he is now a biter he loves to bite and he he stands in front of you and he opens his mouth and he looks beautiful and angelic and he opens his mouth and he's like don't bite me (laughs) don't bite me 10 you're not gonna bite me and he's like (laughs) bite again and again and again and again again so he's quite he's 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 an interesting character isn't he 10 little new new thing every week Thank you for listening today. I'm sorry I jumped around loads. Oh, I was going to come back. I didn't I wrote I even wrote it on the post-it and I didn't come back. Basically, coming back to the computers. So after seeing these teenagers on the on the train um completely obsessed with their phones, it did make me think that generation hasn't been monitored very much because iPhones are such a new thing, TikTok's such a new thing, Instagram's such a new thing. That they're, they're the parents don't realize it's such a big deal that the addiction is a real addiction. Whereas I think that my kids it will be a bit more policed. I'm hoping anyway. They'll all have to have an Nokia that only is for parents contacting you. That's what I'm hoping. That was my big reveal, interesting topic thing that just was nothing. And I'm sorry about that to end the podcast on. But yeah, hopefully this generation of kids are more policed on their phones. And it's it's awful because I've got double standards. Cause then again, sometimes I have to do Instagram stuff with my kids around and because like it or not, it's part of my career doing the social media thing. And, um, I don't know how to really shield them from that side of things. And I also don't want to just not include my kids in that part of my life too, because if, if I was just promoting my books or the shows I was in or the shows I was writing or whatever, acting, um, I find it, I would find it difficult just to not reveal a side of my life as well. So maybe that will change, but I'm doing this podcast about my life. So it seems kind of fitting that I would also share parts of my life with that on online. So it's hard because I don't really have a leg to stand on when I say to my mom, oh, don't show them that kind of thing. So interesting. Oh, so interesting. I'm going to say goodbye. So from me, the vulnerable narcissist to you, farewell. I hope that you have a nice week and I will be back very soon. Thank you for listening.